Hello everybody and welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies. Today is day 16 of the season of The Witch. We're halfway to Halloween at this point. And today we're talking about one of my favorite subgenres of horror. And that is horror anthologies. Um, horror anthologies are basically a hard sell. And I think there's probably as much successful um, horror anthology in serialized television i'm talking about shows like the twilight zone tales from the crypt um tales from the dark side um there's plenty of others uh, as well and as movies though the popularity of them kind of wax and wane and some of them have been pretty popular but i think overall unfortunately um just due to the way that um um anthologies work they're not the most successful movies, um, both in terms of quality and also in, uh, when it comes down to brass tacks, when it comes down to making money. Um, because realistically, these movies kind of live and die on um, each of the individual stories within the anthology. And while some movies, I think, overall are really great, there's, there's um, this thing where there's going to be some shitty parts in them. But at the same time, you know, they're usually only part of the movie so if you don't like it it'll be over soon <laughs> you're not going to spend an hour and a half with this shitty premise that you're kind of stuck with um but i think anthologies are also great because they are able to capture something that um comes up a lot in in horror in general i'm thinking like literary horror and um and that's the short story and short stories are awesome because sometimes you have this really cool idea but it really isn't enough for you know a novel or a novella or a really long story maybe it's just something that you kind of want to get out there and it doesn't take very long to do uh, and in a way also i think this is like kind of it, it captures the essence of um like horror comics which are also very just short stories you know kind of most of them being told in, in um like historically i guess one of the older comics i'm thinking of stuff like um you know the House of Secrets or Tales from the Crypt or The Vault of Horror from EC Comics. Um, these are like one in one and done comics that tell a story in, in a comic and sometimes or even like magazines like Creepy and um, Eerie that have multiple short stories within them. So we kind of get the same sense in movies. Um, in another way, one of my favorite things to like one of the things that actually got me into podcasts was um, this podcast called The Horror, which is basically um, replaying old timey, um, radio shows. Um, and it's like, it's horror radio shows. It's, it's really fun. And I mean, some of these are like 15 minutes long. They can be up to an hour. And I, and I just kind of love like these little tidbits of horror. And that's part of the appeal of why I love anthology so much is because we get this little taste in these short, these like little stories. Um, sometimes you want them to to get more sometimes it's just enough and other times you're kind of glad that it's over um so while anthologies are a mixed bag i i really enjoy them and i just kind of wanted to spotlight some of um my favorite anthology movies um i think the anthology movie that i always think of or that i always go to as kind of being i guess basically my favorite or at least the one that that jumps to in mind is 1982's creep show directed by george a romero and written by stephen king this is a movie that has straight up like horror royalty working on it tom savini did some of the effects uh, and we have people like um adrian barbeau and eg marshall 
involved in this thing um hell stephen king plays one of the characters in this um in this movie in, in, in this movie um and eg marshall for those that don't know um was the voice of like nbc um radio and he did a lot of production on um um horror anthology uh, radio shows and uh, yeah like like he was basically the host on some of them or he wrote some of the stories so he, he's almost in a way kind of like horror royalty in his own way but almost kind of forgotten to because i don't think very many people unfortunately watch those um or he listen to those old shows anymore and the other cool thing about most horror, most horror anthologies is that there's this framing device and the framing device itself can actually make the movie work even better or can be to its detriment and creep show i think has one of the best framing devices and that is that um we're basically reading a comic book so the story starts off with this kid who um his dad tells him to stop reading this bullshit and throws away his comic his dad being played by lovable asshole tom atkins who is a lovable asshole in everything that he's in um so as this comic is tossed out um, different people kind of thumb through it and we get to see different stories and some of the stories are better than others um there's five stories in this um that those are father's day the lonesome death of jody Verrill, something to tide you over the crate and they're creeping on you um of these probably the best ones are something to tide you over and the crate although the lonesome death of jordy varel is pretty great as well um father's day it's, it's all right it's kind of muddled um basically about a dad who ends up killing his family who killed him um but the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, it's um, probably my favorite. Probably my favorite section of this, or if not, it's not my favorite. It's my my second favorite. It's like top two, and in this story, we follow um, Stephen King, who plays the titular Jordy Verrill, um, who discovers playing him as like this country bumpkin who finds a meteor that lands in his um, um, on his property in his farm. And the meteor cracks open and there's some space shit in there, which he touches. And as time passes, um, like this weird moss starts to kind of cover his body. And little by little, um, he is being consumed and um, taken over by um, this alien moss creature. And while that idea is creepy, just having Stephen King totally sue Chinnery um, true scenery really kind of undercuts a lot of the story but makes it really fun in kind of a weird way and i think that's the great thing about creep show it's it, the creep show itself was supposed to originally be kind of like um a remake of tales from the crypt the um based on on the ec comics horror no on, on the ec comics horror, horror comics um so it really kind of has this whole idea of just like bad shit happening in people or bad people getting their comeuppance um and yeah, like at the end of it, he ends up committing suicide by blowing his brains out, not realizing that this um, plant life has, is now taking over. And the insinuation is that it is will, will now take over everything. Um, something to tide you over may actually probably be the best story in this. And it stars Leslie Nielsen as a fucking asshole. So that's kind of great to see. Um, Ted Danson is also in this. And, and basically, um, George, uh, Leslie Nielsen, um, he finds out that his wife is cheating on him with Ted Danson and decides to bury them both in the sand because um, they, they live on uh, on a beachfront property and the tide takes them in and kills them. But of course they come back as like 
zombies and they do the same to him they bury him him in the sand and um he's ranting about how he can hold his breath better than anybody and that he'll be fine and the story ends that way um the crate is also pretty amazing um we have this um professor played by hal holbrook who finds this crate and there's a monster in it and we never really get to see it we get some kind of looks at it um but he also has um his wife adrian barbeau who plays just a wonderfully bitchy character and when she gets eaten by the monster uh you kind of don't feel too bad for it um but creep shows just it's this great take on like these old 1950s style horror comics and like i keep mentioning tales from the crypt um but those those stories are great because they are in a way almost like morality tales like kind of like twilight zone um but morality tales in like the most fucked up way possible and it's just fun to watch and like i love watching creep show and i i know it's a dumb movie but i enjoy it um even though it is very dumb there is a sequel creep show too which isn't as good although it does have this really awesome story with um this blob type creature that um is based on a Stephen King short and these kids um, that are stuck on a raft and that's pretty amazing if you're gonna watch Creepshow 2 basically just need to watch that section and you're good um the only thing about Creepshow is that it has some shitty there's supposed to be like the creeper who's supposed to be kind of like um the crypt keeper and it looks like shit uh Creepshow itself has actually been remade as a tv series for Shudder and um they redid the lonesome death of Jodie Varel and it's amazing and it stars Tobin Bell who played Jigsaw in the Saw movies um I keep mentioning Tales from the Crypt um so Tales from the Crypt was this um imprint or this comic made by this imprint EC Comics and um not DC EC um comics and there was a bunch of these stories there was Tales from the Crypt there was the Vault of Horror there was um shocking suspense stories there's a lot of these um but probably tales from the crypt is the most famous because has it has not only been made as a movie in 1972 but also there in the 90s one of the things that um you could catch on hbo was the tales from the crypt um series which was pretty great and had these like 45 to an hour 45 minute to an hour long um episodes that um were pretty pretty nasty and pretty gory and um they're definitely worth checking out um but as i mentioned in 1972 we got a movie version of tales from the crypt in which we follow people that are touring a catacomb and um amongst these um group of people five of them kind of break off and they meet the crypt keeper who entices them by telling them that he's going to warn them of their death so that they can repent and then we get these stories um all based on actual ec comics from either tales from the crypt or the vault of horror or shocking suspense stories and um they're all pretty good and um they're just the, these stories like i said they're all comics that have like a twist in the end and it's basically about bad people getting their comeuppance um i wanted to point out two the first is um and all through the house which stars joan um um joan collins as a um woman who murders her husband and on christmas eve meanwhile and then tries to hide the murder from her, from her kid and on the radio hears about this escaped mental um this escaped lunatic from a mental asylum who is dressed up like santa claus so to beware and of course santa claus shows up and tries to torment her and can't get into the house and eventually um 
her daughter lets him in and she is killed. The other story that I wanted to, um, to point out is Poetic Justice, which stars um, Peter Cushing from Hammer Horror fame and um, Star Wars. He was um, Grand Moff Tarkin. As a lonely man who um, is able to kind of speak to his dead wife with a Ouija board, um, but who the neighbors don't like because he's a retired garbage man and they feel he's below them. And they end up sending him... Um, these like fucked up valentine's days um valentine's day cards that lead him to suicide and then a year later he comes back and gets revenge because of course this is what these stories are all about um then little and you know the they progress through the stories of these five people and then at the end of it there's a twist they're all dead and they have no intent to repent and they're all going to hell um tears of the crypt's a lot of fun it's um silly a lot of it um but it was um popular enough to actually um have a sequel in and well not like a direct sequel but a se like a spiritual sequel the following year in the vault of horror um the vault of horror which once again is that title comes from another um ec comic is another anthology story wherein we follow um these five men who are in in an elevator that takes them to a sub basement basement and they enter like a parlor um not meaning to be that's where they, where they want to go but that's where they end up and they start to talk about these nightmares um that they've been living through and once again i kind of want to just touch upon a couple of them um the first is midnight mess and, and once again these five stories are all based off of comics from ec comics and in midnight mess we have this guy who ends up killing his wife um, to get away from her because he's a bad guy um, but he, he doesn't realize that the town that he's in everyone including his wife is a vampire so they all turn on him and, and he realizes this when he goes out to dinner um, that night but they all um, turn on him and attack him and as they're about to kill him his wife shows up and she's the one that does the deed um, there's also another story called drawn and quartered in which we have a man who uses voodoo magic um and that's about as specific as it gets um to enchant um some the some paint so that he can basically anything that he draws um if he draws people it will affect them so he uses this in order to um draw his enemies and then draw them these horrific things to happen to them through some contrivance he also does a self-portrait um i guess to protect himself from this magic and at first he tries to hide the painting in um like a sealed off vault but he realizes shortly after that that is slowly suffocating him because there's no air in this vault so he has to take it out and um put it on display and through an accident um paint thinner ends up on the self-portrait and it erases him and once again we go through these these stories of, of these five men and eventually we find out that um they're actually in a crypt they're in a vault leading to a cemetery and one of them stops to say that they are damned souls who are compelled to um regale us with their evil deeds for all of eternity um the vault of horror once again is kind of silly much like tales from the crypt but in general i think most um the majority of um 
anthologies kind of have like this silliness to them and part of it i think is because of the short nature of the stories um not to say that they all are like i had mentioned tales from the crypt and tales from the hood in an earlier episode and that one isn't played as much for laughs as the as some of these these are definitely i like <clears throat> there's horror elements but there's also a lot of comedic elements or just kind of like this um low um production value charm to it um and some of it may just be because it's from their movies from the 80s and 70s but i mean we have other movies from that time period that do much more with it but um i mean i love me some schlocky horror so i'm totally down for these um one of my other favorite um horror anthologies is tales from the dark side which came out in um 1990 and tales from the dark side is another one that has this great framing device um basically we enter a home where debbie harry from uh, blondie is getting ready to make a meal for dinner that night and she's looking through a cookbook and we realize slowly but surely that who she's going to cook is a young boy and that young boy is played by um <coughs> um sorry um matthew lawrence who um was a thing of the 90s <laughs> he was kind of like a, a child star um his brother i think joey lawrence is probably known for being in blossom game whoa a lot but um anyway um so she's getting ready to cook matthew lawrence for dinner and he tries to stall her by reading these stories from this book that she has called tales from the dark side and so we then follow um um you know little matthew lawrence reading these stories in order to stave off his death little by little and we get some really interesting stories the first is law 249 which is based on an arthur Conan arthur conan doyle short story which is about killer mummies um in this when we have steve buscemi who is able to revive a mummy in law 249 and use um egyptian incant or incantations from egyptian um, manuscripts in order to have this mummy do his bidding and kill um a very young julianne moore and christian slater the mummy itself is then destroyed um but he's able to get his revenge on both of them however through a twist he ends up accidentally um reviving both of because part of the, of the what the mummy does is once it kills people is it mummifies them so these mummies then come and get the revenge on steve buscemi this movie i mean this this short is pretty great um it's also kind of cool just to see like you know young julianne moore being a bitch and christian slater kind of just being christian slater and acting crazy and steve buscemi even in the 90s the early 90s being a fucking creep um we then get the short story cat from hell which is one of the most ludicrous short stories i think i've or, or shorts i've ever seen in any of these movies and one that is actually kind of, i really enjoy just because it's so fucking weird um in this story we follow a hitman who is um been charged with killing a black cat and he's like this is some fucking bullshit what do you mean you kill black cat the man who um uh who has hired him explains that this cat is responsible for the death of his family and that he sees it as like revenge for having made a fortune off of experimenting on animals um so we then we have this basically um cat and mouse game with um an assassin and a cat wherein the assassin is slowly um tormented by this cat and he keeps fucking up and not being able to kill it eventually the cat ends up entering the guy's mouth and ripping up his insides and killing him and you know the guy that hired him shows up and and, and through all of this um he ended up busting a clock and 
when he comes to the house, he sees the destruction, the clock, like a cuckoo clock goes off, and that causes the cat to burst through this man, man's body, giving him a fatal heart attack, therefore killing him as well. Um, and then we get Lover's Vow, which um, is this really interesting story where we follow um, James Remar, who is a down-on-his-luck artist who can't like think of he's not he can't he's not being inspired um to do anything else and he goes out drinking with with um a friend of his and they are attacked by this creature um the creature then makes him like swear not to say to tell anybody about what he saw that night and he becomes kind of becomes obsessed with with this it's, it's a gargoyle with this gargoyle creature and um but he, he's true to his word, he doesn't say anything, and he ends up running into Ray Don Chong and that same night. Eventually, um, we kind of fast forward to the future, and um, they've gotten married, and they have kids, and for 10 years, he has kept this secret that's been eating at him about this creature that, you know, killed his friend and um, spared him, and he tells her about it. He has sculpted a statue a little statuette of what the creature looks like and shows it to Ray Don Chong and she tells him you promised and in that moment she um bursts into the gargoyle creature himself herself and their children also become gargoyles and he tries to repent and she says it's too late and she rips his fucking throat out and we have this statue of a female gargoyle with these two small children gar child gargoyles um with tears on their stone gargoyle faces um this is pretty fucking out there and i i really enjoy this movie for just being that insane um and then of course we get kind of a final story because at this point debbie harry's like oh you know you i know what you're doing but now it's time for you to go into the oven and um Matthew Lawrence says something along the lines of like, I have one more story that's not in the book. And he regales basically what's going to happen. He narrates what's going to happen, which is that he drops something on the ground, which turns out to be marbles. She, um, Debbie Harry trips on the marbles and ends up being impaled by all the accoutrement that she's put out in order for, um, to get Matthew Lawrence ready to cook him. And he ends up shoving her into the oven, killing her. Tears of Dark Side is great. I really enjoy it. I mean, it really has this early 90s aesthetic, so it may not look that great, but I, I fucking enjoy it. Um, then, I you know, a, a lot of the um, anthologies that, I, that I've liked come from England, like the Tales from the Crypt movie and, and Vault of Horror, both English productions. Another one that I really enjoy is The House That Dripped Blood, which... Um, just stars a whole bunch of like my favorite horror actors you got peter cushing we got christopher lee in this um we got ingrid pitt we get just um daniel elliott we just a lot of people that um are synonymous with um with horror and the house of trip blood is based on um these different short stories written by robert block who was the writer of psycho and the framing device for this is that we're following a scotland yard inspector who um has gone to investigate a murder in this house and the owner of the house is kind of regaling him with stories about the past tenants and each of these stories as i mentioned are based off of these short stories by by um, robert block um one of the stories has to do with a wax there's a wax museum with this um wax statue of salome 
and um, Peter Cushing ends up seeing the statue and slowly becoming infatuated with it, and the proprietor of the um, um, of the museum ends up killing um, Peter Cushing because it turns out that that statue of Salome, much like in um, other <laughs> wax um, museum movies, is actually the body encased in wax of his dead wife, and he did it because men kept falling in love with her and he wanted her all to himself but it still keeps happening so he has to continue killing men and he leaves their heads as um part of the um display for salome um the other story which is kind of part of the framing story is about this actor who um is someone who's, who's done horror movies and who ends up wearing this cloak that slowly starts to turn him into a vampire and this is the leads to this murder, which is what has led this inspector to this home. Um, not believing these stories, the inspector ends up going to the house, finding um, this actor and killing him, who is he's now a full a full fledged vampire. But someone else that lives in the home ends up killing the inspector, and the proprietor of the house ends up looking at the um, audience, looking at us and saying that this house reflects the personality of those who enter, and that we have nothing to fear if, um, you know, we have the right type of personality. Um, the House of the Driplet is, is pretty cheesy, but I, I enjoy this type of, you know, 70s cheese ball horror. Um, and another, along the same lines, like this, is Roger Corman's Tales of Terror. So as I, I've mentioned before, um, Roger Corman did, he's a very influential person in, in um, movies in general, but he worked alongside Vincent Price on various stories or various movies based on Edgar Allan Poe stories. And so we get kind of the same idea with Tales of Terror. We have these, these three stories that are all based on Edgar Allan Poe stories and all, all are all starring Vincent Price. Um, the first one that we, and, and these are all like loosely based. So like the first one that we get is Morello, which is about a man who um, has disdain for his daughter because his wife died in childbirth, um, but he can't bear to be away from his wife's body and keeping it in the ground. So he has left her in their room and we have this desiccated corpse that's there um, through some supernatural means. The corpse of his dead wife and the body of his living daughter switch places and his wife comes back to Vincent Price and ends up killing him because um, he has shown nothing but contempt for their daughter. Um, after the deed is done, they switch bodies. They switch the bodies back, and the, their house is burned to a crisp, with this cackling, desiccated um, body there, laughing at Vincent Price. We then follow this up with the Black Cat, which stars Peter Lorre, and this is basically the Telltale Heart, but with a cat. <laughs> so instead of um, being caught because he can't, he keeps hearing this. Um, you know, this beating of, of, of this dead heart. Um, Peter Laurie kills his wife because she cheats on him and she has this fucking cat that he hates and the, he, that he kills earlier in the story. Um, but what he doesn't realize is that when he, in order to get away with it, he, he kill, he, after killing his wife, he, he buries her body in the walls and in order to get, in order to get away with it. But when some inspectors come by to see what, what's been going on, um, they start hearing this like mewling in the wall after he starts banging on it, much like in the Telltale Heart. And they break through and find that the cat has been buried alongside the body of Peter Laurie's wife. 
And the, la- the third story that we get is the facts in the case of N. Valdemar, which not only has Vincent Price, but it also has Basil Rathbone, another of my favorite old-timey um, actors and who at this point was obviously much older in the 60s. Um, I mean, this is someone that was in Universal Monster movies. Um, but um, Basil Rathbone is a hypnotist. Um, Vincent Price is slowly dying and he's asking him to hypnotize him in order to kind of delay his death. Um, but Basil Rathbone's a fucking asshole and he ends up not letting him die and he keeps him in this tortured state for months on end trying to convince um, Vincent Price's wife to marry him and that'll be the only way that he releases her. Um, however, since she keeps denying this, he Basil Rathbone ends up trying to take things into his own hand and the body of um, Vincent Price rises like a zombie and kills him and then it kind of turns into goo. Tales of Terror is, I think, a really good example of just the, this Edgar Allan stories, um, or I'm sorry, Edgar Allan Poe, um, Roger Corman movies, and it's a lot of fun. And just seeing um, these great character actors, these great horror actors in it, to me, is a blast. Um, and then the last um, movies that I wanted to touch upon are the ABCs of Death. There's two of these. The ABCs of Death is almost like this experiment in, in anthology. We have... 26 short films in each one each story based off of a um letter of the alphabet and some of the stories are better than others um some of them are straight up terrible but some of them are pretty ingenious and um and some of them are just fucking weird but because we have um all these different directors all these different people it's kind of great to see in the first abc's of death um i think my favorite stories are Emma's for Miscarriage, which is a really short Ty West movie, or, or Ty West short, um, Ty West being one of the, you know, progenitors of mumblecore and horror and mumble gore. We're talking about horror movies. Um, and it literally is about a woman who realizes that she's miscarried after going to the bathroom. And the other is Tia's for Toilet, which is a claymation movie, um, little short wherein a boy has this nightmare about waking up in the middle of the night and going to use the toilet and um in his in, in his nightmare the toilet comes alive into this creature that kills his parents um he then wakes up in the middle wakes up screaming um having to once again use the toilet and as he's on the toilet a screw turns loose and it freaks him the fuck out and his head ends up getting stuck in the toilet um but this is one of those old-timey british toilets and the top part of the toilet ends up slamming down and killing this poor kid as his father watches um like i said the abcs of death is pretty uneven but you know it, it you can just check out some of these shorts and, and i mean shorts some of them are like a minute um on on youtube you know i would highly rec- recommend those and for abcs of death too there's two that i really enjoyed which is emma's for masticate where um we have this guy that is acting really fucking crazy and um tries to bite someone's face off and we turn and, and it turns out that well, he ends up being killed by the cops but it, it turns out that before this um he had been dared to take bath salts <laughs> um the other one is w is for wish which um has these two kids who wish to go into the world of Champions of Zorb, which is a Masters of the Universe style um, universe that's made up for for this little short, but they realize much too much too late that um, this universe is not a fun place to be in, and um, one of the poor boys ends up basically as a sex slave for um, one of <laughs> one of the heroes of the story. Um, 
anthologies are great just because they allow for lots of different things and i think they're definitely worth checking out um and you know like i said if there's parts you don't like you can always skip to the next part of the story um so that's it for today a bit of a longer one but thank you for listening and we'll be back tomorrow